Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Woman of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie, you guys, and we're joined by Sneha Thakur, um, Global Director and of Contract Manufacturing and Procurement Operations at Steppen Company. Thanks for joining us, Sneha. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This week's episode is sponsored by TriISO, a U.S. distributor of specialty chemical raw materials. Perfect. So Sneha, thanks again for joining us here um, this morning, this afternoon. It looks like this evening for you uh, as we jumped in the call here early and, and Sneha's joining us from Paris today. So thanks for joining us. Um, Sneha, we always kick off our Women of the Week uh, sessions with the opportunity for you to introduce yourself to our community. So um, would love for you to tell us your story about how you found your way into the industry. Um, and then more specifically, we'd be interested to understand some of those key decision points that helped you to pivot your career up to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Amelia. Thanks, Kali. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's an honor to be uh, sitting in front of you all and talking from Paris, particularly. Uh, just uh, last night, I found out I'm COVID positive. Uh, so that's the reason I'm wearing mask and I'm isolating myself right now. Otherwise, I'm doing good. So uh, that's the reason I'm able to be here uh, talking to you all today. Uh, hi, I'm Sneha Thakur, uh, originally from India, uh, grew up, uh, studied there, and uh, and getting into the chemical industry, I would say I have been always fascinated with chemistry in general uh, because of its wide application in our everyday, day-to-day -day life, uh, be it in our, you know, in the soap we used, or in the beauty side, personal care side, all the food and beverage. So the wide application that I saw around me I was always interested in the chemical side of it. Uh, so one of the key decisions I did uh, early on in my life was to do bachelor's, my undergraduate in chemistry uh, from University of Delhi and from Miranda House uh, College. And it was uh, all women's college uh, and one of the premier uh, undergrad school uh, for bachelor's. And at that very early age, uh, I got kind of a uh, excitement around being in the chemical side of it, but also I wanted to pursue something in the business line uh, for the application of chemistry. Uh, after that, I followed uh, getting my uh, postgraduate in business because I wanted to use my academic knowledge uh, uh, for chemistry and get into the business aspect of it. Uh, my first uh, job uh, was at APAC Sourcing Solution in, in Delhi NCR region uh, itself. And that job was uh, more uh, in terms of, uh, I would say, business development and acting as a supply chain partner for chemical distributor firms in the US and in Europe. And uh, it was during the time when a low cost country sourcing was quite picking up and all the uh, big distributors, they were looking for their supply chain arms uh, in India, Asia, and Southeast Asian countries. But uh, with, with that experience, I really uh, got to learn a lot on international trade, uh, customer relationship management. Uh, I was negotiating directly with the suppliers in India, validating them, and also uh, working with the team who managed uh, Asian uh, suppliers as well. 
So I learned quite a lot that time uh, in terms of uh, all, all the skills needed uh, to develop uh, into the business line. Uh, another pivotal change that happened after that was my move to Netherlands, which was personal uh, because I, I got married, but getting into ExxonMobil. And I do see my manager, Hester Blau, is on call today, and I'm happy that she was able to join uh, from Netherlands. Uh, so getting into uh, ExxonMobil was uh, also acted as one of the key drivers in making me the professional person I'm, uh, I'm today. Uh, I was a part of Dynamo project team. Uh, it was the EBITDA improvement program that AXO laid down for a few years on, uh, and I was the part in the chemicals and intermediate section. And at AXO, uh, working with Hester, it helped me uh, develop the project management skills, getting more knowledge on the chemistry uh, and the application side uh, into different uh, functional areas. And, at the, and I did the uh, green, uh, green belt certification as well while I was working there. So it helped in adding further skill sets uh, from uh, negotiation, international trade, into project management, learning a new culture all by itself, uh, uh, being in the Dutch environment and uh, growing further. And while I was working there, I, I was pretty confident that there is a career path at AXO, uh, but I was approached uh, by Sealed Air Diversity Europe Operations uh, uh, back in 2014, 2013, I remember. Uh, and they asked me, uh, they offered me, like they asked my interest on one of the jobs on the global procurement side. And I, I wanted to get into the procurement role because that was something I was doing in the past at APAC and I wanted to further grow in that area. And I took that, uh, I would say, a leap of faith of moving from a 15 billion euro company into $8 billion company that time. Uh, like you are moving from a bigger company to a smaller global organization, but I wanted to go more into the direct procurement space uh, that time. And it opened up uh, a lot more opportunities for growth, gave me new challenges uh, to, to imbibe and to get into. And I did, I did work on the global scale uh, on the procurement side that time, working with different teams in Asia, in Latin America, with, uh, in North America as well. And I led the global distribution uh, category that time and worked with uh, one of the leading uh, distributors uh, as, and worked on different global projects, joint projects there. Uh, so at Diversity, I would say it was adding, like every step of my career has been adding new skill sets or opening my own um, you know, horizon around uh, cross-cultural international experience and also working with a very diverse team. Uh, so while I was working at Sealed Air, uh, they moved their global headquarters. They were setting it up at Charlotte. So I was offered to take, uh, take a higher responsibility and move to Charlotte, North America. So my husband was very supportive that time because at the very first uh, talk when my manager said, Sneha, I'm 
thinking you should move to Charlotte. Uh, you have an Asian experience, you have a European experience, and you are missing the North American experience. So it would be good to add that uh, in your, uh, you know, in your career. And I was that time like, no way, I'm not even thinking of the move, uh, moving out of Netherlands. I was very happy there, all settled. And like, I was uh, not even thinking about moving out of Netherlands that time at all. And then uh, my husband was, uh, he supported that idea. And he said, why don't you think about it? It's nice for your career. You should at least give it a try. And I, I, I started thinking about it uh, with, with his support that time. And I took that leap of faith with the known uh, information I had with moving to Netherlands, uh, moving out of Netherlands to, to the US, what it would be. And there was certainly a lot of unknowns uh, moving to, again, to a new country, new working culture, new environment, and settling yourself again with finding your friends and your family uh, in a new place. So I did uh, finally move to Charlotte in 2016. And I, I think that has been one of the, again, I would say connecting all the dots from my back, uh, backstory has been one of the pivotal key decision-making in my life where I feel like what I'm today, that has played a key role because moving to, US, I started thinking of doing an executive MBA, thinking about Kellogg. So all, all the past decisions have brought me to where I'm today. And then moving into uh, Chicago uh, to Stepan was, uh, I would say a personal uh, change decision that time because my husband, when he was planning to move, uh, to Charlotte, it was hard uh, for him to find a job that time. And in the end, uh, we found a common place to be together and that was Chicago. And I, I looked for a job uh, around Chicago area and Stepan was one of the companies I have interacted quite often. So it was in my uh, list of companies I would prefer to work with. And I was able to find a position which matched with my previous skill set, but also gave me another opportunity to grow and gave me a new challenge uh, to work on. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, Sneha, your executive MBA uh, decision is that. So I think before we introduce our community to the call, you talked about yeah. um, just wrapping that up. So firstly, congratulations. That's incredible. Um, I think that, you know, I'd be curious to understand what kind of um, decisions and, and things that you considered were to jump into pursuing your executive MBA at this time as well? Uh, it was um, the time uh, when I moved into um, Stepan. I started working there and I it was 11 years, 10 to 11 years in, in the industry. I had the global experience and I that very time I started thinking about what do I do next? for my self-growth and I, I have been a person who have been always doing something to, to learn, be it learning new languages or doing something or the other uh, in, uh, at any given point in time. So when I was at Step and I started thinking about as a, as a next step, growing further my career, what should I be doing? And being in Chicago, uh, there were two big, uh, 
yeah universities uh, that uh, that that is there and i and my husband was also going into executive program so we started talking about it and i was like yes this is a nice time for me too you are also going <laughs> he graduated from chicago both so you are you are also going I, i can also take this time for myself and we did not have a family that time so mm-hmm. i could focus on like building myself up professionally that time so that was the reason i thought this is this is the time i should be thinking about it and i mm-hmm. with the, with that feeling that's very cool um so i think this is a perfect segue into kind of where this next question leads us sneha so you've talked a lot about the pivots that have made you who you are as a person today uh but where your career is with with your goals today as well and so it's important to understand and i think that you know i speak for a lot of folks in the community to understand um what key factors you consider in making these pivotal decisions and i know that you've hinted at um the support that your family gives you and and the experiences that your husband have helped uh, has helped you to to find uh but also the partnership that you guys have in his decisions as well um and then you've talked about i think what's most interesting to me is your you know courage and in, in taking the jump to move to charlotte uh in an environment where that's probably a significant amount of unknowns in your life um and i think when i think about my developmental journey you know i would love to say you know 5 10 years down the road that i've got some great global experience myself um so interested to learn from you kind of what you considered uh in making these key jumps um a bit further and talking a little bit more about that yeah so uh whenever i have been approached with any opportunity and all the first thing or be it any new job with a new company or so so the first thing i really consider is uh whether the culture of that organization meets the values that i'm looking into like collaborative uh giving uh, uh having a diversity and inclusivity uh, thing and also having a voice for a woman um in in the leadership position so those are the things that is important to me and uh whenever i have been approached i try to seek that uh that information and i try to reach out to people in my network to know about that organization if i don't know much about it and and now in with so much of experience and having worked with different organization you i I, I think you really do get a feel of an organization uh, you are work, you are interacting with. So that's 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 another thing I really consider. And if at all I don't have an inform- understanding of the company, I really reach out to people who can help me understand what kind of working culture that company has. How are the leaders? Uh, do they walk the talk, or is just something which is mentioned on a website but you don't really see it? You know, cascaded down. into the organization as a culture uh other than that uh, for the role or the job position i really see uh how my previous skill sets are matching with the job uh, description or the job requirement but at the same time is there en- enough challenges uh, that i can have in that new position that i can improve for that organization it should not be a cake walk it there should be something that i'm working for an improvement so that looking back i can say this is this is something that i have worked on and contributed while i was working in this organization and i i really feel uh, that um 
every every job has to or every position you are having has to connect all the dots and make a story of your own so i really try to see uh, from my past experience what i have been doing and what does this new opportunity means and is there a growth opportunity going forward beyond this it should not be just limited to a year or two or five years but how do i see myself taking this new role further down the lane I think that's great. Um, you've made a couple points that hit home for me that I'm, as I take notes during these, I'm kind of bolding things for learning lessons for myself. I think the first thing you said uh, in this is, you know, in seeking out the culture of the organization that you're trying to learn more about, you made a comment around making sure that there's a voice for a woman or women in leadership within these organizations. Um, and I think that that speaks to this community on, you know, endless levels, right? And we talk about this a lot with our uh, women in the week series, as well as a lot of our, you know, quarterly events and just our, our one-on-one connections in this community um, about how we, I, I think there's a lot of value in recognizing that if we can help other women in this community, make sure that there are, uh, there is visibility or even students, I would say in yeah. universities, make sure that they have visibility to women in roles in these organizations in the industry that, you know, we might not be creating that much visibility for, that's great. And so um, it's really cool to see that, you know, a priority of yours is you seek your opportunities is to make sure that there are women in these leadership roles. And that's exactly what we want. And we want that visibility for these women that are in these leadership roles. And we want to, you know, take them into our community, learn from them and continue uh, to create that. So I think that's great. Amelia, do you have any comments? Neha, I really, I was also taking down notes because I think as I'm only seven years into my career. So a lot of my jobs that I've taken in the past, I took because they made sense or it was career progression. And I, I wasn't thinking as critically, I think, because I just didn't have as many options, but I think as your career continues to progress, you can be a little bit more critical when you look at job opportunities And something that I wrote down was, are there enough challenges? And the previous role I was in, I was just so bored because there weren't enough challenges. And that was one of the reasons I took the job I'm in today is because I knew that it would really push me to grow, but I, I never had a way to put words to that feeling. So I loved when you said that. And then the other one growth, obviously, is something that in taking um, the roles I've taken to date, I've always looked at personal career growth, but not necessarily where my company sits within the entire ecosystem. So I really enjoyed that commentary because it made me think more deeply about how I'm choosing. So thank you. That's what uh, this community is all about, right? Giving you a different perspective to look into new things in life. Definitely. Absolutely. Yep. Learning opportunities, every conversation I have with this community for sure. So uh, Sneha, you've talked a lot about your experiences and and the global uh, and and diverse cultural experiences that you've had over time and the learnings that you've had as a result of those. Um, Can you speak to those a little bit? Can you talk about the cultural differences that you've experienced in working in in different continents? Um, And then I would say just more specifically, how has the perception of women in the workplace evolved in these different environments as well? Okay, so I'll uh, first speak about like the working cultures uh, in different uh, nations. So 
Uh, I don't know how, how many of you have really worked uh, with uh, with Indian uh, companies or uh, Indian colleagues, uh, counterparts there. Uh, but the culture in Asia particularly is uh, a highly competitive uh, uh, and, and hierarchical. And also in India, uh, the culture is very much uh, not to say no. So we will never say no at the very first go. Uh, we will accept it and then try to figure out what, how do we make it happen. So I, I uh, like with some some of my suppliers, I have struggled myself uh, when I was working in India or also from uh, other uh, from Europe uh, that you ask for something and they are not giving you a proper feedback because at the back end they are trying to resolve the issue because they don't want to give you any negative, you know, um, uh, negative news. They they want to work that out to provide you the positive news. So that's that's kind of a cultural thing. It's very hard to say no. You, you first say yes, and then you try to work it out. Uh, and uh, very hardworking, uh, I, would, I would rather say, because it's cutthroat competition there. Everybody is working hard and, uh, and want to grow. And, um, and there are a lot of opportunities there too. Um, in Netherlands, it's very straight, uh, very straightforward uh, approach, collaborative, and very structured. Uh, and I remember the first time, uh, my first day at AXO, I was told by one of my uh, senior colleagues is, uh, Sneha, uh, at, uh, when you are working here, you have to think about uh, trees of all uh, the same uh, height support each other when there is a storm. And that's how the working, uh, in working culture in Netherlands is. So you have to be collaborative and not competitive. And the direct approach I'm uh, talking about is regarding any meetings or any of the discussions. You can be very direct in saying uh, what you feel or your concerns and raise it and it's taken positively. And uh, your manager or, or anybody else uh, in the meeting uh, will try to address it if you have a concern and they don't take it uh, in, uh, it negatively. So that's, that's, uh, that's a very, uh, I would say a very conducive environment where you are free to express uh, your, uh, your own concerns, or even if you think something is really going good, you can add uh, comments there. And um, so that's, that has been a, a great learning for me because moving to US, I have become a bit straightforward where sometimes I, I feel like I'm bringing that Dutch culture in me uh, where if something is not right, I would right away say this doesn't look good, but not try to steer my words around it to not offend somebody, even though my intention is not to offend. So that's, uh, that's kind of a cultural working difference you would see. Uh, US, I would say, uh, and hardworking. So I like all, all the places I uh, are, people are very hardworking. Everybody is uh, really professional there. Uh, in the US, I feel uh, it's performance-driven uh, environment. Uh, people are working very hard. Uh, they are uh, motivated to perform. And uh, I would put it in the middle between India and Netherlands uh, as, as, as a working culture. Uh, in Netherlands, the focus is very much on work-life balance and 
I, I loved that, uh, working there and even living there. People really respect that uh, in, in the working environment. Uh, US also has uh, that respect, but to a lesser in the spectrum if you compare it between India and European nations particularly. So uh, working culture has been, uh, that is my observation. There might be some differences. Sure. People might have their own personal experience. But overall, in all the three places, one thing is for sure, uh, people are there to help. And I have learned a lot from my seniors uh, in all the places I have worked or even with my suppliers or your, you know, uh, the teams that you work internally and externally as well. Mm -hmm. so people are there. Uh, you, it's up to you how much you want to absorb and learn as well. Not mm -hmm. everything is served on a platter, but what you also do yourself uh, to, to grow, grow and learn. Um, but in all the places, I have really uh, got a good mentors, uh, uh, extremely helpful senior colleagues, colleagues and uh, counterparts that, uh, that has helped me uh, working there. Uh, then perception of women, I feel like everywhere is the same. Uh, it's uh, women are uh, supposedly, uh, I think, uh, yeah, in general, are the primary caretaker of the family. They are extremely hardworking. Uh, they are subdued. They try to keep themselves, you know, low at, at a par, not show overconfident behavior. So that is very much everywhere. Uh, there is a huge uh, gender gap, even in all the places where you would see how many females are at the sea level. And I think globally in Fortune 500, I was just looking the other day, 2020 data, it was like 2.6% was only the female in sea level. So that really talks about the gap that is there. And it's, it's in developing nation, it's in developed nation, everybody is talking about it. Uh, to reduce that gap. Uh, and one thing where I still feel uh, the kind of uh, support that is there in different nation has been the family leave support or the maternity support uh, that is given in countries like India or in European nations. It, it's much better compared to what I see in the United States. And over there, at least, a working professional gets some time, paid time off to focus on a family when she has it. And she can opt to come back with four day working or, or a part-time working and that's being respected. And the company will work through that. Where in US, you do see that difference, like six to eight weeks is on average, people are back to work, even if they have to take care of a family and, and the system of part-time working or reduced our working is not there here. So I think these are some of the cultural, working culture differences that you see. And, as, uh, and also I would say in, in general, the gaps that you would see with the gender side of this, of, of, of the you know, industry. And it's across all the industries. I would yeah. say chemicals here. 
Yeah, I really appreciate the the concrete examples that come with your experiences that we can compare with, you know, the US experience with the India experience with the Netherlands. Um, I'm a very learned by example or kind of a a visual learner need to see it um, to really soak it in. So to hear your, you know, tried and true experiences is very interesting uh, for me to hear. Um, And you are a recent and newer mother and we were just talking about your daughter, I know. Um, so it's interesting to to hear your experiences specific to maternity uh, across these different. Um, yeah, that was the latest experience I had. So, you know, it comes straight in, in my mind whenever I'm talking about any yeah. you know, working culture or working scenario differences in different nations. Yeah, it sounds like it's definitely something that, you know, as we revert back to some of the questions we've discussed already, some of the key decision makers that you might factor into your, what you look for in in any professional uh, new opportunities that you might take. So thanks for sharing that. So on, on the topic of kind of cultural differences, um, we've experienced over the last two years, this virtual environment that has arguably made us more connected globally than, than ever before, right? So as we continue to progress in this, this connected environment, um, what kind of decisions and actions do you see organizations needing to take uh, to make sure that our work environments remain uh, more inclusive or jump into this global inclusivity that we've really jumped into? Okay, I, I really feel uh, this whole thing should come from the leadership uh, of the company and they have to create a culture of inclusivity where diverse opinions and ideas are respected and, uh, and is welcome. And talking about culture, it, I said earlier as well, they have to walk the talk. So mm-hmm. it's not about putting it on, on the paper or just talking about it, but cascading down within your organization so that everybody follows it. And uh, the other thing I I feel is like whenever an organization is looking into a talent pool, they have to be very conscious about do they have a diversity in that talent pool or not? Uh, How are they creating an environment in terms of inclusivity there? And if it does not exist, they should really work towards that. Mm-hmm. towards improving that uh, diversity in the talent pool. Uh, other things uh, can be kind of a training where they work on uh, on existing biases that exist, exist at workforce, like a, a career-oriented woman uh, should, like her focus on a family should not be as much as the other person who is not that career-oriented woman, right? Like, I think we all are working professional and we feel like, we can have best of both worlds where we can have a career as well as we can take care of our family equally well. Uh, and lastly, I think we all are as individual and leaders in our own space, we should see whether our team is inclusive or not, and we should try to make it more inclusive. It's not there. So I feel like it's also an individual effort as well, and we should be doing that uh, ourselves within the scope of role we have as well. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about this in a lot of our conversations here and you're speaking yeah. to a lot of it. So we talk about, I agree with you and I go back to my, I'm a visual learner. If I see it at the top, it's inspiring to, you yeah. know, cascade down as an employee um, sitting under the team that I sit on, you know, many rungs below the, the C-suite ladder. 
um, to see that from the top down, it's inspiring. Um, it's motivating and it makes me, you know, intrigued and interested to take actions myself to make sure that the environment that I'm working in is uh, diverse and inclusive as well. And I'll just say, you know, from experience, I think that the topic of diversity and inclusion is only getting louder for good reason, right? And I think that for all of us to, you know, make a mental note to take actions and have that as a takeaway here to jump into those conversations and participate however you guys see fit. I can speak, for example, from like a recruiting perspective. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're evolving on our recruiting perspective all the way down to, you know, entry-level recent graduates to make sure that, you know, we're considering and, and taking into account uh, diverse and inclusive uh, candidate pools. So um, it's very interesting. I think it's super dynamic. Um, I think that there's a lot that can be, that has been done, but I also think that there's a lot that continues to need to be responded to as I, you know, I said, it's, it's a very dynamic thing to approach. So I appreciate your commentary there. Amelia, do you have any comments uh, associated with, with this topic? I, I think you guys both kind of encapsulated how I feel. Um, and I agree on an individual level, we need to work to be more inclusive. And, you know, there's some folks on this call who are not engaged in the recruiting process, but I think as much as possible when we are asked to collaborate or um, make decisions on hiring purposes, whether that's someone from an entry-level position or just speaking with, you know, potential direct hires, we should always be cognizant of the fact that we need to be as um, inclusive as possible. Absolutely. Thanks for that uh, to you both. So as we kind of get to the bottom of the conversation, Sneha, we've talked a little bit about uh, your current role and your career journey. Um, we've talked about your educational journey and, and the exciting news that you've just wrapped up your executive MBA program, um, as well as the fact that you're a new mother. So can you tell our community, you know, how do you do it? How do you manage it all? I, I Two things that is very important is prioritization and discipline. And I... I prioritize my weekly, monthly, or a quarterly goals, uh, what I need to focus on quite early on. And I tend to give my time accordingly. Uh, I only have 24 hours in a day. So I need to give time to things that matters the most in my life with my spouse, my daughter, work, studies, family, and friends. And the other thing I, I feel uh, which is important is to have a support group. Uh, you need to have a strong support group. Uh, I'm fortunate I have a supporting uh, spouse. Uh, I have amazing supporting friends. Um, and also I have uh, supporting cohort members from my executive program I could lean into mm -hmm. uh, and uh, mentors uh, that I could reach out to. And recently uh, I would say I, I was having a difficult time going back to school after after my daughter was born, leaving her for, for three days when she's just 10 weeks old uh, to her dad and uh, just be away from her. That was hard. And I, and I started having that mom guilt, I, if um, people in this group would understand it. And I reached out to my cohort friends uh, at uh, Kellogg and they have been, uh, pretty open enough to discuss their journey and help me put back into a positive direction there. So I think being vulnerable at times also helps you to deal with these kind of adversity. Uh, 
and uh, you should reach out to your friends or anybody who would be your support uh, in that respect. Uh, I, I reach out to my spouse when I have uh, things where I need his guidance. So I, I'm fortunate enough. I have like a lot of people around me that I can I can get a support when needed. Uh, other, uh, the third thing is um, having a good team within you. I feel like if you have the right people in your team um, and set the priorities well with them, have an open communication and empower them enough to have uh, the things done, a uh, lot of your uh, success depends on that. And uh, I have a very strong, hardworking uh, team under me and I have been able to achieve because my team is um, uh, pretty good. And, mm-hmm. um, and when I'm away uh, for my studies or, uh, or even uh, maternity or anything else, I have d- discussed what should be the focus area so that it's clear the de- deliverables are known. And in today's, and, and especially this year when we were having such a supply chain issues, the most important thing was to have the business continuity and works towards that and then follow up on the other things. So I, I ensure the short-term the deliverables, long-term goals are looked into accordingly. And I, I feel like at times you have to take one day at a time. And one of my mentor, uh, like when I was Charlotte, I was having difficult time uh, having uh, myself, uh, you know, getting myself adjusted to a new environment. And that time my my husband was still in the Netherlands. So we were having long distance trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how things would be. So he gave me a very uh, good advice to take one day at a time. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And he used the analogy of the movie, The Martian. I don't know how many of you have watched it, but Mm -hmm. like look into the opportunity at the time of, you know, uh, any adversity. So I, I try to always remember that and uh, and move move myself uh, towards uh, that kind of direction. And lastly, I think we have we all have to be agile and adaptive to the changing environment. And I try to be adaptive as much as I can. I have my own resistance, but yeah, at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, you you need to be agile enough because the environment keeps on changing around you. Absolutely. So you you touched on a couple of things that I think it's important to acknowledge. Uh, you talk about having the importance of you know reaching out to others and recognizing that you don't need to do this life you know all on your own and and yeah. find your success all on your own. Um, I appreciate the acknowledgement of, you know, you realizing that it's difficult to be, you know, a, a recent mom and go back to school and, and reaching out to your support groups. I think that that's uh, important to hear and it's human. Uh, and I really appreciate that. Um, and then the other comment you made about working uh, with a good team, you mentioned that a lot of your success depends on having, a, you know, a great team under you. Uh, and I think that's great. I'm a part of a great team. Um, and to see, you know, that from the top down, the motivation that comes to that and, and us realizing that the work that we put in together creates great success is super important. So I really appreciate 
that commentary. Um, Sneha, we're coming up to the to the end of our discussion here and our time with you, but we always like to wrap up these uh, discussions, allowing for you to make any closing comments, um, recommendations, uh, be it for books, podcasts, um, or just advice. So I want to make sure that you've got a couple minutes here to share with our community any closing comments. Uh, because of my Kellogg journey, uh, like one of the mantras that I have started following has been low ego and high impact uh, and building the community. So I would really uh, advise everybody to uh, follow that mantra in their life too, if not exactly the same, but making a high impact with having some empathy and uh, yeah, and creating a community where we can help others also to grow. Uh, I'm here because I had in my past and also at present got some strong um, support uh, mentors, managers, and um, they have championed me uh, to grow. And if I can do that for somebody, I would definitely do it. And uh, anytime anyone who wants to reach out to me for any guidance, happy to do that. And uh, some of the uh, books I would recommend is like, uh, I'm a huge fan of Michelle Obama. I, like, I don't want to say anything about Democrat or Republican, that's irrespective of any political allegiance there. But her book, Becoming, uh, is, uh, uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, reading her journey as, as a person she is today. And uh, Thrive by Ariana Huffington as well. I'm, I'm taking out more the woman-oriented books uh, to read. Sure. Uh, just getting to know their story, uh, I I feel quite motivated uh, when when I look back my own journey so far. I have like I I have not reached anywhere close to what they have achieved, but even a small uh, piece of my journey. And if I see, hey, they are talking about when you die, nobody talks about how well you have done in your career. They talk about how good a person you are. Are you aware uh, with mm-hmm. others? So those are some of the things I, I have taken out from the books I have read from them. Uh, one of the uh, interviews I always follow uh, is a David Rubinstein interview. So he interviews a lot of uh, CEOs, CFOs from different industries. So I, I listen to that um, and I, I found that on YouTube. So whenever I'm driving back to work anywhere, I just turn it on, I just listen to it. And uh, on the podcast, Business Wars, I, I because I went into Kellogg, I had to do so much sure. of case studies. So I started hearing and listening to a lot of Business Wars uh, uh, stories. And it's just nice because uh, you get to know a lot about different companies, how they how they started and how they're competing with each other. So it's it's across diverse industries. So if uh, you guys are interested, please uh, please hear that. It's 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 kind of an interesting, uh, yeah, storytelling. Yeah, that's awesome. I've got a lot of, uh, so I'm, Amelia and I are both in our MBA right now um, and I'm in my winter break right now. So yeah. although I don't have homework, this is, you know, good, you know, food for thought while I'm, um, 
not, you know, jumping into my own case studies. I think this is very interesting. So thanks for sharing. Uh, and Sneha, just thanks in general for your time here today uh, and your insights. Uh, we always appreciate uh, every one of our, our women of the week here. Uh, you guys are nominated for a reason uh, and your insights are always so valuable. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you both and to the group. And hi to Hester, hi to Claire. I see them <laughs> on the call. Claire uh, has been uh, my uh, key account uh, person when I was working at Diversity, and now she's my colleague at Stepan. So this is how the network works, right? Yep. So, and uh, we have been a great support to each other. Hester is more like a friend to me now and a mentor. Uh, then she she was a manager in the past. So yeah, great to see her after I don't know how many months. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, thank you. As we um, about wrap up and head into networking, I want to give one last thank you to Sneha um, and to our sponsor today, Tri-ISO. So I will end the recording.